Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his jeans from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. Gus. Oh, he's got onions. Gus. He's got onions. Oh, oh. Rise Sets up the big fella to light it up. Yes. He's got onions. Oh. All right, what's up, everybody? We're going to do a quick Big East tournament preview show where we're going to talk about the best tournament, conference tournament, at least for uh, college basketball. Um, four di- great days of basketball coming up at Madison Square Garden. Rye, you hate it. I hate it. I can't stand it. I hate must-watch conference basketball, college basketball. And the conference that's, we followed this year. Yeah, that's why I'm here. No, I can't wait. I mean, obviously, we're all thrilled. This is must-watch basketball. This is where legends are born. This is where heroes are made. You know, Patrick Ewing last year says, I made this arena um, when he won the tournament. Well, actually, when security gave him a hard time, but, you know, in the process of winning the tournament. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, consequently, Georgetown's last win, uh, conference win, did happen at Madison Square Garden. In that tournament when they won the whole thing last year. So maybe Georgetown recaptures the magic. You'll have to wait a minute to figure out our um, predictions for what's going on. Um, if you need a review of how this goes, it's played on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, five teams already have a bye to this quarterfinals. Those teams um, are determined by the regular season standings. So Providence getting the one seed because they finished first in the Big East tournament and so on. Um, Creighton, Marquette, Villanova, and UConn also have buys to the quarterfinals. Um, in the first round on Wednesday, we will see Xavier playing Butler at 4.30. The Johnnies will play DePaul at 7. And we will see Seton Hall play Georgetown at 9.30 um, on Wednesday. And again, the championship will be on Saturday. So it is that kind of interesting setup for a tournament where we have three games on Wednesday, four games on Thursday, two games on Friday, and then the single game on Saturday. So, yeah. uh, you know. We have plenty of games to run through, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are going to be wild. Tons of great basketball, yeah. and then Saturday, obviously, it's just the one game, but that's must-watch total. Yeah, you so. kind of say goodbye to the Big East, and, like, you know, normally those teams are two teams that are in the tournament, so it's just more of a seeding and bragging rights type of thing um, for it. Um, it is, you know, again, it's the best, you know, if you win, if you're the Butler Bulldogs, you have to win four games in four days. Right. Um, if you don't have a buy, you're winning four games in four days, no days off in between. These kids haven't done that. It's probably set unless they're in a non-con tournament, probably in a long, long time. They haven't played this many games in this many days. So, um, you want to get into it? You want to, the way I was thinking we could break it down as we go, we talk about the matchup and then we're going to give our predictions at the end, um, as to what we think. I also thought it'd be nice because we're probably going to agree on a lot of things if we gave a score prediction, um, and I will track that in our uh, Google Doc that we're using. Okay. That works um, for me. And we will go through them, and you guys can tell us if we got them terribly wrong or if we got them right. So, the first game on Wednesday is the 8-9 matchup. It'll be Xavier. No one's playing host to anyone because it's at Madison Square Garden, but Xavier playing Butler. Um, right. What, what time is that game? 4.30. That's the 4.30 game. Yeah. Um, if you need to remember about what happened this year when Xavier played Butler... Um, Xavier won 68 to 66. This game was on February, February, um, second. And on January 7th, they played Xavier won 87, 72. So they've had a close matchup later in the year, but Xavier is two and zero against Butler this year. 
Ryan, what are we looking for? What are you thinking? What do you got? So immediately what jumps out to me is this will be a fun matchup with a couple stretch fives. You got Jack Nunji and stretch five enthusiast, Ryan. Can... And uh, Bryce Golden, both can step outside, hit the shot from deep. Um, you know, you got experienced point guards, everybody on Butler's experience. Paul Scruggs, this is his last year. Uh, you know, Butler has not been able to put it together for most of the season. I don't see it happening for this game. Xavier, you know, just won against Georgetown. Maybe they, they're going to go in with a little bit of a positive energy. I think I think Xavier will take care of business. Xavier, for Xavier, it's a must win. Um, I think if Xavier loses to Butler, they are firmly on the bubble, and I could see 50-50, basically, right. if they're in the tournament. Um, if Xavier beats Butler, I also think they are firmly in the tournament where they, they don't have to beat Providence to then be um, that once or to be the seed um, to be into the tournament. So I do like Xavier. I do worry about a team coming out in tight. Um, you are going to be kicking off the Big East tournament. It's probably not a lot of Xavier Butler fans as close to Madison Square Garden. So it could be kind of an empty, um, emptier arena, especially because St. John's will have kind of a more full arena because it is their home arena and they're playing the next game. So you could have a slower arriving crowd. Right. It's also 430. 4.30 on a Wednesday. If Xavier comes out sleepwalking, Butler has punched some teams in the mouth. They beat Marquette. They just, um, you know, they beat Marquette by, I think, 15 points a few weekends ago. Um, Butler has a lot of experience. Butler knows these six seniors and super seniors, they know for a fact that this is probably their last college basketball game if they lose. No, it is their last college basketball game if they lose. You don't think they get the NCAA tournament berth? I think that they're just going to miss the at-large. Or if they win... They're gonna they be get to play again. They get to play again. So I I'm not saying I'm picking against them. I do think that Xavier's gonna win that game. But Xavier could be t- I just worry that Xavier comes in tight to a game and Butler comes in. We just wanna play tomorrow. We just wanna play tomorrow. And Xavier goes, Oh, we wanna make the not tournament and like we have different aspirations. Butler So what do you want to see from Xavier? Uh I I need to see game. Zach Fremantle. And Jack Nunji look like they well at least Jack Nunji looked like he did at the beginning of the year. I want to see Zach Fremantle kind of bring those. Uh, you know, the, I don't know if they have a four that can guard Fremantle on the elbows, um, and get up there a little bit. Bryce Golden's going to be probably tasked with getting Nunji. Um, that puts Enzi on Fremantle, and Fremantle has you would think the strength over Enzi and size over Enzi a little bit. Um, so I'm looking for those two. I. Always looking to see what uh, Paul Scruggs is going to do. You know, those are the three guys that at the beginning of the year we would have said. So. Yeah, I mean, Nate Johnson's hot. He just went for uh, like 25 points yeah. in their game on Saturday. So, you know, you'd love to see him come out shooting the way he was doing in the non-conference. He went through a terrible shooting spell in the conference but, um, mm. in the conference schedule. But nobody believes he's not that good of a shooter. So, I think if he comes out hot, Xavier runs away with it. But even if he doesn't, I think that they, they have too many pieces. I do too. I agree. I think the Butler Bulldog season ends. Ryan, your prediction for a score? I'm going to say 72-61. So you have a you have a that could be a really good game for a lot of it. I'm going to go Xavier 74, Butler 68. I think Butler hangs around way longer than Xavier wants to admit, and but Xavier survives the scare late. Um just kind of with experience providing the way. All right, we're going to move to 7 o'clock where we have the Johnnies playing DePaul. If you need a recap, on January 5th, St. John's defeated DePaul at home, 89-84. And on February 27th, DePaul won 99-94 in regulation. Regulation, they scored nine, uh, almost two, uh, combined 200 points. Um, 
So this is a one-on-one series. This is our 7-10 matchup with the winner going on to play Villanova. So, Ryan, let's kick it to you and say, what are you thinking? What What is your uh, initial thoughts? I mean, you, it's Javon Furman Liberty versus Julian Champagny. Um, not to discount all the other great players on those teams, but those are the two best pure scorers in the conference. And so we're in for a treat. Uh, you know, the, the last two games did not disappoint. In the one that the Johnnies win, I think Champagne goes for 35 points or something crazy. And in the one that uh, the Paul wins, what does Freeman Liberty go Champagne for? Champagne in the 94-99, they won. Um, the Johnnies won, or DePaul the one wins. that DePaul won. Champagne had 26, Interim Wheeler had 20, and Pasha Alexander had 18. So you're looking at their three best players really showed up. But this is the game where Freeman Liberty went for 40. Yeah. Uh, 39. But uh, So they both put up 34, 35-plus per point performances in that win. Uh, so I think it's going to be a lot of... Yeah, the first game, Julian Champagne scored 34 points. So you might see a 40-point game in this game. It's going to, I mean... You know, this is win or go home, and neither of them have at-large bids. So you're going to see the coaches just feed the hot hand. And if Champagne gets it going, Mike Anderson's not going to call plays for anybody else. This game is going to be an absolute dumpster fire in terms of it is going to be offense, offense, mm-hmm. offense. The Johnnies are going to press DePaul. DePaul is going to be able to go through them. DePaul is going to try to – I just we just watched DePaul try to guard for 40 minutes. They didn't seem very interested in guarding for 40 minutes. I think you could see a game. I think you could see a game again that's 90-90. Give me a prop right? bet that there's a 40-point performance oh, in this yeah, game. You're probably looking at plus 300 for a 40-point game yep. in a game like this. Um, I'd take it. Champagne, this is you know Julian Champagne's last chance to put on a show before he's probably looking to go pro. Uh, Javon Freeman-Liberty is looking to say that I would have been Biggie's Player of the Year if I didn't get hurt this year. Um, I think Aaron Wheeler, as always, is the X Factor. If he comes out and he's stroking... Um, that team is has three legitimate stars. Yeah, but um, how about David Jones over for uh, DePaul's had a couple huge games. Yeah, no, I think David Jones versus Aaron Wheeler is the matchup. Um, I think that Pasha Alexander gives St. John's a little bit of the edge, um, because you're looking at David Jones and Javon Freeman Liberty. I guess you could throw in Jalen Terry in there too, and Brandon Johnson. I mean, I'm just gonna name the whole team at this point, but against Pasha Alexander and Wheeler and Julian Champagne, I think DePaul's better coach though. I agree. I mean, I love Tony Stubblefield, so... We said hi to Tony Stubblefield. We did. We saw him the other day. He gave us the what's up. Yeah. Uh, so, go ahead. What's your score prediction? So, I'm going to go... I'm going to have DePaul sneaking one out. I'm going to have DePaul winning 81-79. Um, I think Javon Freeman-Liberty hits a you know a game-winning shot in this game. Oh, I hope he does, but I'm going to go a little high scoring, but similar. I'm going to say 86-82 DePaul. So, you're going with the... The DePaul Demons, and does that mean Mike Anderson is fired? I guess that's going to be an off-season episode. Um, yeah, we'll see. If, if they lose in their first round of the Big East Tournament at their home court. Um, all right, the last game on Wednesday is kind of the game that we all expect something to happen, but we can still talk about it. Um, Georgetown is going for a perfect season. They haven't won a game in conference this year. We're all rooting for them. We're all rooting for them. I mean, history shouldn't be made at all times. Seton Hall's getting hot right Seton now. Seton Hall's getting hot at the right time. Georgetown's going for a perfect season. You don't think anything. This is much-watched television, obviously. No, I will probably be asleep when this game is going on. No offense, Seton Hall fans. You guys will get me for the a little recap of that game. Um, I, you know, I think Seton Hall smacks them. I think Jared Roden does Jared Roden things. Alexis Yetna is going to go for a double-double. Um, Kadari Richmond might get 10 assists again. Here's what I'll say. Georgetown relies on the three-pointer a lot. Problem with Georgetown, they're not great at shooting the three-pointer. But if you get Holloway 
Caden Rice, who Caden Rice is a good shooter, and Amina Muhammad hits one or two from beyond the arc, they could keep it a lot closer than Seton Hall. And thinks. Donald Carey. Also got to give Donald, Donald Carey. Carey some credit there, too. So I, I do think that this game is going to go one way. Georgetown knows. Those are proud kids, though, there. They're, they know exactly what happens if you go do an 0-4. And they also know that if you win a Big East tournament, not win. They're not going to win the Big East tournament. I'm not saying that. But if you win a game in the Big East tournament, everyone's going to be talking about how you were 0-19 and, and you were 1-0 in your last one. And you took down a, uh, a tournament team. An NCAA tournament team. So I'm not saying it's going to happen. But, I don't think it's but even But if gonna, there's going to be an upset. Georgetown has to hit a lot of threes. Georgetown has to hit a lot of threes. Uh, Ochef. Uh, uh, oh, what's his face? Uh, for Georgetown. Ochefe? Ochefe? I'm saying it wrong. Totally I wrong. I I'm, I'm sorry for Georgetown fans. Um, needs to kind of body some of the guys from Seton Hall down low. And we'll see. But Yeah, you're talking 12 of 20 three-point performance. Kind yeah, of. we're like... And like I'm talking about like a game that's like a 1% type game. Like you're yeah. not... It, I, I just don't see it happening. I think, unfortunately for UConn, Seton Hall is going to be coming in blazing hot into this matchup and we'll see where they're at but so what are you going with for your score for this one give me the hall 70 georgetown 58 so you got eh, that's probably um georgetown probably covers the spread there i'm gonna go a little bit more of a blood i'm gonna go seton hall 75 i'm gonna go georgetown 56 i think it's kind of uh walk in the park um we're not gonna preview the whole tournament but we did think we should go into thursdays because we're pretty sure seton hall is going to beat georgetown and we're pretty sure Xavier's going to be Butler. We can talk, you know, if they don't. We can we can. Run yeah, but I think if we're going to do a score prediction, we're going to go on the okay. teams we have winning. We can go Johnny's or DePaul. We can talk about that, both of them, because we're thinking that's going to be a close game. Well, listen, if we, get, if we end up getting it wrong, we will privately come up with new score predictions. Yes, and we'll throw it out there. So the, the way we've predicted it is we have Providence playing Xavier. This is the third matchup for Providence versus Xavier. We've already talked... About the other two, if you've listened to our last episode. In the first matchup, Jared Bynum hit a game winner as time expired. And in the second matchup, it was three overtimes in Providence. Is 2-0 against Xavier. I think this is the most fascinating matchup of the entire tournament that we think is going to happen. That we know is probably going to happen. I think that Providence... I think Xavier's looking at Providence saying, you're so lucky that we're not 2-0 against you. And I think Providence is looking at him going, they don't know how to beat us late. And I think you're going to see a grind out, you know, type of game. This is at 12 o'clock on a Thursday. It's tough to get the, the number one seed that matchup. Um, Providence, whether they like it or not, has made some enemies this year. So everybody in the building who is not a Providence fan will be rooting against Providence. And I don't mean that to be rude to Providence. Um, it just seems like that's kind of the way things have gone. Um, so I'm very interested. I I don't know where I'm going with this one. So if you watch the games, not saying you didn't, I know you wow. did. I was with you. If you uh, watch the games. But watching the games, the, the one of the things that stands out for me is that Xavier can't stop Jared Bynum. They yeah. don't have the personnel to stop Jared Bynum. They don't have guys with quick enough lateral quickness. Now, Nate Johnson didn't play in their second matchup, Eddie. You could say maybe that's why. I'm looking for Cooley to go to Bynum early and often until Bynum proves he can't. Yeah. So I, I'm expecting to see Bynum have 15-plus shots in the game. Yeah, That's going to be my prediction. The problem is for Providence, if Bynum isn't shooting well to start, um, which, again, this is a relatively new thing Bynum's on. I mean, this is a 15-game stretch over a career where he was not right. the same player. Like, And kudos to Jared Bynum. But if Bynum is having an off game, 
Xavier matches up well in other spots. They have size to play with Nate Watson down low. They have length, they have yep. length to play with Horkler and their shooters and Manaya. They're not re- Xavier's so balanced that they're not relying on Nate Johnson to score on Justin Manaya a bunch right. of times. Xavier, and this is why Xavier's given them a lot of trouble this year. Um, even though Providence is two and zero, I'd love to see a big game from Colby Jones. I, I Colby think- Jones is the X factor for them, and I think Noah Horkler is the X factor for uh, Providence. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how much they feed the post. You know, that's something Providence gets away from. We could go on forever. What's, yeah. your, what's your score prediction? I'm going. I I have the upset for this one happening. I'm gonna have. Um, I'm gonna. I think Xavier sneaks by seventy-one to sixty-eight. Um, on Providence, I think that Xavier. I think that the way um Travis Steele is gonna present it after the first one is, oh, we're still on the bubble. We need this game. Um, I what from what I've seen from Xavier this year is sometimes when they have their back against the wall. They play really bad, and they play really well. I'm banking on Paul Scruggs, Jack Nunji, and Zach Fremantle. And I'm banking on a little bit of a hangover for Providence. They just won their first um, tournament, our first uh, Big East regular season. I think they're extremely talented. I think they're extremely good. But at 12 o'clock on a Thursday and Xavier coming off a win, is it just has all the makings for that upset to happen. Um I obviously won't be surprised if Providence wins, but that's going to be a really good game. It's going to be a great game. I'm Give me Providence. Um, you know, it, it, it's a toss-up, but I'm going to take Providence. They pulled it out twice against them already, so why not? So are you, um, what's, what's your score? I'm going to say Providence 74, Xavier 71. So you, we both have one possession game. Yeah, so. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think Jared Bynum's going to be unstoppable. He's not, not showed me anything yet this year. Um, where he has been stoppable, so I'm has been stoppable. Uh, I stand by it. <laughs> um, the next game we do know is going to happen is Creighton versus Marquette. This happens because they're the four and five seeds. Um, earlier in the year, we had on February twentieth, we had Creighton winning eighty three to eighty two. Um, this was an incredibly ga- good game where Hawkins hit a layup late to beat um, Marquette. Earlier in the season, we had January first New Year's D- Day game. Creighton one seventy five sixty nine. This is where Alex O'Connell, I believe, hit a three as time expired to force overtime. Creighton pulled away a little bit at the end. Um, that was Marquette's third loss in a row in conference play. It was right at the beginning. Um, they went on a run, obviously, to come in fifth for the Big East. So, what are your what are your keys here in this game? Obviously, two very well matched teams. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's what it's three and four. No, it's four and five. In four and conference. five. Yep. Um, you're looking at Trey Alexander for Creighton. What is he doing as our point guard without Ryan Nemhard? Is he did a really good job not turning the ball over against UConn. I don't have in front of me how much he turned it over in their loss to um, St. John's the other day. Uh, um, so you know that that would be a big key, and that's something that Shaka Smart's pressuring defense is really going to key on. And you know Shaka Smart's one of the best in the business. He's going to be drilling into Daryl Morsell's head. If you take the ball from him ten times, yeah, you know we win the game. Yeah, and I mean I, I keep waiting for the other shoe to fall with Creighton. Um, I thought when Ryan Nemhard got hurt, they were so, it was such like a clock, and once you took that one piece out, the clock was just going to stop. They beat UConn. They played a really good game against Seton Hall. They did get smacked by Providence, but they kind of played re- like they've kind of done what we thought. They- they've kind of continued to be who they thought they were. Um, I think Ryan Nemhart not being there eventually catches up. I do think both these teams are dancing no matter what. Both these teams on the tournament. But um, when t- when it comes down to it, give me the best player on the court. 
that's Justin Lewis. Justin Lewis has proved he's big time. Um, in those two wins against Villanova, uh, Justin Lewis was incredible. But I will say quickly, I don't hate Arthur Kaluma guarding Justin no. Lewis. He's got a lot of explosiveness. I think he'll be able to follow yeah. Lewis around the court. Um, so what's your score yeah. prediction there? So I'm gonna I'm gonna take um, Marquette. Um, is gonna avenge their two losses earlier in the season. I'm gonna have Marquette winning a close one, sixty eight, and I'm gonna have Creighton getting sixty five. So I'm gonna have a, another one possession game, which would be great for. Um, college basketball and kind of start kind of kick start a really good day of uh, basketball i really like that um that prediction by you actually i'm also going to go marquette over creighton you know i'll say 60 uh, 68 62 wow we're if if marquette scores 68 points and we both predicted that i believe we will be buying lottery tickets yeah, I, um, I think that's the perfect ballpark. The next one, we, we're not 100% on, but I don't think our minds are going to change a whole lot based on it. It's either Villanova-St. John to Villanova-DePaul. Um, Villanova's 4-0 against these two teams. They won by 6 against St. John's on February 8th. Um, they beat St. John's by 11 on January 29th. Um, if they play DePaul, they beat DePaul by 15 points on January 8th, and they beat him by 24 points on January 25th. Um, so obviously they handled St. John's a little bit differently than DePaul. Um I don't think we have to spend a whole ton of time on this, but I do think, I do think it'd be interesting to see, forty minutes of hell in a must-win game, for I mean every game's a must-win game, but uh, against Villanova again, it did give them a little bit of trouble. Villanova had a hard time closing out St. John's at the end, um, a lot of mistakes down the stretch. Posh took the ball a bunch of times away. Um, I don't think that Villanova is going to be challenged in either one of these games extremely. I will so I'll say we both picked DePaul. I think the Johnnies give Villanova a better game because the Johnnies so much are trying to turn the ball over, get the opponent to turn the ball over, and Villanova relies so much on never turning the ball over. So uh, when the Johnnies can get a couple turnovers from Villanova, it really puts them out of their yeah. element. And the Johnnies are so athletic with Champagne. I mean, Villanova plays a very Villanova is a great team, but they don't have that uh, athleticism that leaps off the page. Right. Uh, you know, Posh Alexander is a great matchup for Con Gillespie. Right. I mean, he's one of the he's the best guard defensively in the country. Uh, if it's DePaul, I'm not a hundred percent sure that DePaul can play with them. No, um, I don't. I don't think even so. think I don't even think they can make it a game. But if it is St. John's, you see the m- makings of an X. So we're on the same page on that. Are we giving score predictions for Villanova DePaul though? We're, yeah, we're gonna have to give the score description for I, Villanova. I think DePaul. Villanova is gonna blow DePaul out. They're too good in the half court defense. Uh, so give me Villanova seventy six, DePaul sixty one. So fifteen point win. I also agree. I don't think unless Javon Freeman Liberty goes for fifty, I don't really see a way. I'm thinking that Villanova is actually gonna score in the eighties in that game. And DePaul, 82 to 65. So I've actually picked my last two losers to have 65 points. Um, I think Villanova just kind of goes pole to pole in an easy win. All right, our last game, and this is the game I think we can talk about with the most confidence is going to happen because it is going to be UConn against Seton Hall. UConn and Seton Hall played twice this year um, with them going one and one. I will put a huge caveat on it. Um, well, Seton Hall did win 90 to 87 at the beginning of the year. Bryce Aiken played in that game, and Bryce Aiken played very well. Um, unfortunately for Seton Hall, um, Bryce Aiken will not be playing in this game. Um, this is also the game that Kadari Richmond went for 24 straight points, I believe. Uh, UConn did avenge a loss later in stores. Um, this was out 
This was, again, without Bryce Aiken. Um, that was a game Adama Sano going for 20-16. and 16. So I think this is a fun matchup because I think this is two teams that are pretty similarly matched. Yeah, I agree. I think in terms of athleticism, it's these two and Marquette at the top of the conference. Uh, I think that Seton Hall can definitely give you kind of a really good game. Seton Hall finally has kind of turned around their season. They're hot at the right time. Jared Roden is a killer. And, you know, if you have him late in the game when you need a couple buckets, that's a great guy to have on your team. Um, you know, I, I kind of see this one as a toss-up. I think Seton Hall's a lot better than their seed. I, I agree with that. Um, I, the UConn played Seton Hall, this same team, without Bryce Aiken. And I know it was a five-point win, but it kind of I, – I believe Seton Hall hit a three as, like, time expired. That didn't matter. A few things happened where that game was really never in doubt at the end. Yes, um, I remember UConn kind of outclassed them. Yeah, year. UConn was just better um, than Seton Hall in pretty much every regard. Um, I don't know if – you know, the way UConn's playing right now, UConn's been playing good basketball for a while. Um I'm just not sure that it's a great matchup for Seton Hall because <clears throat> Tyrese Martin is going to be guarding Jerry Roden. He's a good defender. Right. And then inside, UConn's got the advantage because Iko Biagu isn't interested in scoring. So the two things I'm looking for in this game, and we've seen it in both games, Kadari Richmond trying to take Cole into the post. Yep. Uh, Willard is going to hunt Cole in the post if yep. he can. Uh, you know, they believe that that's UConn's defensive liability. You know, what, whatever your opinion is, it seems opposing coaches all agree on that. So Kadari's going to try and take Cole in the post. We'll see what, how much success he has. And then he's going to spray a lot. And so yeah. we'll see how well they can hit their three-point shots. Yeah, uh, Trey Jackson's going to open the game with a few threes, as he always does. If and Trey Jackson shoots well, I think Seton Hall wins. I, yeah. Um, and then the other thing is the rebounding battle. They got outclassed on the boards. I don't know if that will change. Alexis Yetna is a really good rebounder. Yeah. I don't know what he had in that game, but, you know, Ike Obiagu has great size. Tyrese Samuel. It's not like they should be getting outclassed. No, and I mean, I think that I've, but when you have Isaiah Whaley, Adamus Snow, and I think the difference maker in this game is Tyrese Martin. Um, Tyrese Martin is actually the guy who ended up guarding Kadari Richmond when he went for 25 in a row. So, you know, Tyrese Martin is, we've, we've seen Tyrese Martin a lot, obviously, cause we're UConn fans, but, um, he's going to be kind of with a chip on his shoulder. That's how he played when he plays his best anyway. Uh, so I do think we're in for a closer game and I can obviously see this going either way, but UConn. I think it was six point favorites when they played at stores, and I'm guessing going into this game, UConn's gonna be six point favorites. I also want to say that the atmosphere, um, with UConn not playing a Big East game in front of fans for about ten years, um, not exactly ten years, I think 2013. Um, I do think it's gonna be really loud for UConn, especially because everybody who wants to go to that game can go to that game because uh, it's at 9:30. So I do think it's gonna feel like a home game for the Huskies. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, obviously, um, we're seeing Hall's not too far from yep. New York City either. I don't know how well they travel. I believe if UConn wins the offensive rebounding battle by about five to seven, I think they'll win the game. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely it it all depends on. Uh, you know, how well they hit those boards for Seton Hall, in my opinion. And how, and how well UConn hits the boards, too. Yeah, and, if, and I mean, if UConn gets... I mean, they look like um, when they played Sonoga the first time on Obiagu. Obiagu could not guard Sonoga. No. Um, so I'm very interested to see, do you just let Obiagu try again, or do you give minutes somewhere else to a guy who's more... can move a little bit better laterally? Um, I don't think they can go away from Obiagu. Yeah. I don't think they can afford to. So what's your final prediction for that? <sighs> Oof. 
Give me UConn 72, Seton Hall 70. I think that's going to be the best game of the, of the first two rounds. Uh, I got Providence Xavier. It's the best game. So I think UConn is the better team, and I think it's playing a home game is going to make all the difference, and they're going to win 78 to 66, in my opinion. Um, we did want to quickly now run just through the rest of the tournament from what we have. So you've seen our predictions up until now. We will put out our brackets, too, on Twitter. Um, so right now we both have – I have Xavier playing – Marquette in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Xavier actually to make the championship game, which I think could be a very bold strategy because they could lose to Butler. Um, I also have Villanova playing UConn in the bottom half. I- I'm going to take Villanova. I think that's as good of a matchup as you're going to see that Villanova-UConn game. Um, and then Xavier plays Villanova. I think Villanova wins in that championship. Okay, so I have Providence playing Marquette in the semifinals. You know, I'm going to take Marquette. They jumped on Providence once, so I think Shaka Smart has them ready to play. I think they'll be bought in. Uh, if they can beat Creighton, they'll be rolling a little bit here. Um, and uh, and then I have Villanova. UConn. I'll take Villanova, who is darn close to sweeping the series there. And uh, that will give me Villanova Marquette. Marquette is actually 2-0 in that series. I'm not betting against Jay Wright. I, I do think that there's a significant chance that Marquette pulls off that game, but I'm riding with Jay Wright. Yeah, I think Villanova will be have a huge chip on their shoulder if they get to that game where they're like, we're not losing a third time to Marquette. So, um, well, that's our Big East preview show. Again, we're going to try to jump on after every game, maybe for about 10 minutes or so, just throwing it out there, um, what our thoughts are, what, you know, what we saw, what was going on. Um, If we got anything tremendously wrong, maybe we'll jump on and talk about something like if it's, if it's Butler playing DePaul in the semifinals, we'll jump on and do a little bit of a talk, I guess, about what happened there. Um, but we have pretty good flexibility where we're going to be able to watch all the games Wednesday, most of the games Thursday, all the games Friday, and all the games Saturday. So we're very excited. Best time to be a Big East fan. And uh, welcome back to Madison Square Garden fans. Yeah, definitely excited. I think um, you know everybody should be locking in for this. I, this is what we all pay attention for all year long this is the payoff here so this is going to be great basketball this is going to be people playing at their highest level coaches coaching at their highest level um i expect to see some pretty all-time performances uh so i think this will be a, a lot of fun all right everybody uh shorter version today but still thank you for pulling up a stool we appreciate you guys